Hi, everybody! Welcome back to The Table, a podcast made specifically for people who eat food. It's me, Shannon, and I am here with my co-host... Oh, hello. I thought you were going to say my name. <laughs> I, you know, I thought about it, and then I just paused. And I was like, we've committed to the pause now, so we've got to okay. just see what you're doing. I am no name for the duration of this hour. Along with us, we have our guest, Tyler. Not to be confused with the Tyler from last week, this is Tyler H. Welcome, Tyler. Yeah, I'm, I'm different. I'm a different person. Different <laughs> being. Um, ironically enough, these two Tylers are best friends and have been for pretty much all of their lives. Um, and that's how I met them. Um, he Long introduced time. me to one of my favorite recipes of all time, which is a refried bean, like, taquito thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the burrito taquito. It's the a killer. Burrito taquito. It's a good one. And it's just refried beans with cheese and I think sometimes chicken in like a flour tortilla and deep fried. And it is yeah. so good. And I made it last week. So uh, don't do it with corn tortillas. I tried. It was a mess. No, corn tortillas are too stiff. They just don't. They don't function. I've never used a corn tortilla and I tried and it just cracked. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. But Exactly. If you heat them up, it gets a little bit easier. But I think the rest of the corn tortillas, I'm going to turn into tortilla chips and not bother with filling them. Maybe just dip them in the beans. So today I'm going to sort of respond to some critique that I've gotten so far. And by critique, a comment from family is that we haven't shared any recipes yet. Um, And I didn't really have an expectation of if I was going to share a recipe or not, but today it's applicable. So really quickly, I'm going to go over my favorite recipe for tomato soup, which will lead us into the uh, the topic of today. So the tomato soup that I make, uh, I got this recipe from a like a completely like vegan recipe. Um, And really, the only difference between it being vegan and not vegan is what kind of milk you use. So you start off with half a red onion, five cloves of garlic. It's very garlicky. It's perfect. And two tablespoons of olive oil, and you melt that into a pot, and get the um, the onion get really translucent, and it smells really good. And to that, you add three and a half pounds of chopped vine-ripened tomatoes. I like the vine ones. I'm pretty sure you could use any tomato, but that's what I've used. It's a lot of tomato. Um, so cut those maybe beforehand. Um, once those have kind of softened, you add a third of a cup of flour... And it'll start to thicken around the tomatoes a little bit, and you've created a roux. From there, you add two cups of vegetable stock, a cup of almond milk or regular milk if you're not vegan or if you have any preference. I don't care. A milk. Um, three, um, like the one of those tiny cans of tomato paste, and some then two tablespoons of Italian seasoning. That's the basic recipe. However, for some reason, I make mine spicy. <laughs> And I add one of those cans of tomato and hatch chilies, um, as well as two tablespoons of red pepper flakes. There is my recipe for tomato soup. It is my favorite way to eat tomatoes by, like, by the pound, really. And once those have all cooked down for maybe 20 to 30 minutes, you blend it all together. You can use a regular blender or, like, a stick blender. Just make it smooth. I don't know. Um, And with that... Now our, our images on the video make a little bit sense. Today, I am grilled cheese, Shannon is anti-tomato, and Tyler is pro-tomato, because today we are having the great tomato debate. 
So I will leave it to you guys, whoever wants to go first with your opening statements, and we are going to debate just tomatoes, because we clearly have mm-hmm. someone who really loves tomatoes, someone who hates tomatoes. I like them in almost every sense, but not every, so I will be today's mediator. I leave it to you guys. <laughs> okay, so Shannon, I feel like you should start, just because... um. I feel like you were the one who is against the grain and therefore must justify your position. <laughs> That's fair. I am in the minority here. Uh, I, I do want to clarify, too, this is more aimed at raw tomatoes. When tomatoes get cooked, you know, I they're still not my favorite thing, but when it's mixed with other spices, it's in a sauce or something. I can vibe with a tomato, but just raw... I have some problems, and uh, we're going to talk about it today. So, yeah, I mean, let's go. I've got my opening statement ready, so here we go. So thank you, Judge Caitlin. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast listener jury, I'd like to paint a picture here for you. It's been a rough morning at work. Every customer seemed to have an issue. Your boss asked you to be in three different places at once and you barely had time to think, let alone do the things that you needed to do today. But finally, it's time for lunch. Yes, that blessed break in the middle of the day where you can relax and recharge. You go into your lunchbox and pull out your favorite sandwich. For me, that is the classic ham and cheese. Now you sit down, take your first bite, and to your surprise, there is no savory, salty ham. You don't taste the sharp yet milky (laughs) slice of cheese. No, what you have in your mouth is the big honking slab of tomato. Unbeknownst to you, this narcissistic raw tomato has slipped its way to the front of your sandwich experience, and you've just been hit in the face with an unexpected and unwanted pungent taste. And you look down at your sandwich, and the tyranny has not ended there. The bottom slice of your bread is now soaked in the red, sticky juices of that tomato, and your delectable dish has been compromised. Now, sadly, you sit there, continuing to eat, but it is just not the same. Every bite is the wrong consistency, the other flavors are masked by that single taste, and the tomato has left its mark. Far too many people have experienced this very situation. Some may argue that the tomato was just trying to add some nutritional value to the meal, but can you trust this fruit? Vegetable? I mean, what even is it? Ever seems to stay in its lane. With its complicated flavor profile and rotten reputation, its poor attempts at being enjoyable does not excuse it from its wrongdoings. So I'm here today to take a stand against the tomato and show you that we cannot let it with its shenanigans any longer. Thank you. Wow, impressive. Round of applause. I forgot I was uh, podcasting with my two improv legends. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Did oh, you, yeah. You did you write all that ahead of time? And I sure did. Oh, my God. All right, then I will turn it over to Tyler. Thank you. The tomato is the edible berry plant Solum Lyceum, commonly known as the tomato plant. <laughs> The species originated in Western South America, Mexico, and Central America. The Mexican Natural word tomatel gave rise to the Spanish word tomati 
from which the English word tomato is derived. Its domesticated and use as a cultivated food may have originated with the indigenous peoples of Mexico. And let me say, like many other, like many other things that come from Mexico, the tomato is muy bueno. One of the main factors that really adds to the use of the tomato is its acidity. The tomato pairs incredibly well with basically anything because it adds this flavor pop that allows it to blend in really well in sauces, on top of meats, or even enjoyed, as I like to do it, raw with the cherry tomato, the ultimate form of tomato. As you will see through these thorough arguments that I'm going to make, these tomatoes, they're bueno. They're good. We need them. All right, that's the end of my closing statement. Amazing, both of you. Great way to start with We got yeah, research. Yeah, I didn't know we needed a starting statement, so I just looked up tomato on Wikipedia, and uh, that's, yeah. Hey, that's, that's, that's how we got totally that. fine. I'm not in the interest of assigning homework for this, so I'll take whatever you got. Um, Fair enough. Okay. So clearly we've got an early argument with, like, specifically a cherry tomato. Uh, but again, I'll leave it up to you guys, like, what exactly you want to debate on first. Um, I, Sh Shannon, I ask you first, though, why, what exactly, why do you not like tomatoes? What do you not like? Is it a flavor thing, texture thing? Yeah, such a great question. <laughs> so I, my personal reasons against the tomato is that I just don't really enjoy any part of the experience for <laughs> being quite honest like i never know when it's at the right stage so even picking it out i don't know what to expect and mm -hmm. then every time i bite into it it's just it's that crunch and then the pop and then the your mouth feeling filling with those juices and it just like simply does not taste good to me it's a weird texture i feel like it's the least enjoyable ingredient in just about anything and, um, yeah, it's just, it's not for me. Okay. I see. So you, you don't like the entire experience of, uh, the tomato. You know, we have a word for that for, uh, tomato haters. So you're a bit of a tomato, I see. Yeah, I am actually, in fact, not alone in that. There's, you know, Google searches, why do I hate tomatoes, but like ketchup? That's a pretty popular one. And there's an online community called the Mater Haters. I can't say right, that I've right. joined such an online community, but it does exist. So that, like, people that have a, a literally a visceral reaction, like they gag when they have tomatoes. I just like to just that that community is that a Reddit community? It is. I can't say that I know for sure. It was in just a blog post, so I think it might be a Facebook thing. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't doubt if it was also on Reddit. Either way, not really helping your case there. Um... <laughs> So if I can, so it's just it's the whole experience. It's the texture. It's the the acidity, the flavor, everything. There's nothing nothing you could say that is redeemable about a, the tomato. I mean, not really. The only thing that might be mildly redeemable is its practical value in um, throwing tomatoes at mm -hmm. actors you don't like. <laughs> Fair that's enough. Your, uh, you find it applicable as a weapon. <laughs> yes, it is actually according to um this this recipes.howstuffworks.com a very reliable source for sure. Um they called the rotten tomato society's non-lethal weapon of choice and I really like that wording. 
It is very good. I will say one of the I think is one of the pros of tomatoes, making my case now. Um, anyone who has ever grown a tomato plant knows that in a season, depending on the type of tomato, you are going to get, in the case of a cherry tomato plant, like a hundred of them, or in mm-hmm. the case of a large tomato plant, at minimum like twenty-five. So they're always abundant. So that makes them a very good projectile because they grow rapidly. That's true. That is That's true. pretty great. I sit in the you middle know, with cherry tomatoes. I do not like them alone, but in a salad or whatever, they're fine. Gotcha. Okay. So even if they're raw on top of a salad, yeah, you like it? Basically, I, I prefer wait. them cut. I think otherwise Ooh. they're like a, like a f- nasty fruit gusher. Exactly. Yes. As a tangent, who would put a cooked tomato in a salad? Well, that's uh, that's I, a, I that's think a she meant like I, like I I will eat them raw in in mm-hmm. in places where it makes sense for them to be raw. Yeah, I see, I see. So I'm not like a only cooked tomato like I think Shannon is. Can you imagine though? You're just having a salad and someone like slops a hot tomato on there. <laughs> that would also ruin the experience. I'm sure there's a tomato uh, uh, salad that uses cooked tomato. There probably is, like a medley. I guess you could you could argue that like salsa is a salad. Yeah, hmm. that's still raw tomato, though. I think. Do they cook tomatoes for salsa? Yeah, tomatoes and salsa. I know, but is it cooked? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. Oh, you can do like, like you can do like egg roasted egg? tomatoes. Sorry, Shannon, what were you saying? You're good. Is it cooked in like a pico de gallo or something? I also apologize if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, they're like they're broken down before you put them in. Right. Yeah, I think he's right. I think it's like in some recipes they like roast the tomatoes and then mix them in so they sort of break down. Mm-hmm. Um, raw tomato mixed with onion, cilantro, that makes a pico de gallo. Okay. Which is also very good. Yeah, see that I enjoy because there's other ingredients that save mm-hmm. it. Okay. When the tomato flies solo, it's just, it's not good. Now, one of the situations we just talked about, salads, I'd like to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it in my notes here. Because if you think about it, if you don't have tomatoes in a salad, like a regular like salad, you just have like lettuce and carrots and like maybe cucumbers. Those are that's bland. The tomato in that situation really draws it together. It gives it a quick pop. It's the highlight, really. As I am more of a carrot person, <laughs> those really shine for me. And any dressing that you put on there is gonna be good. And uh, totally kind of taking a, a left turn here. I'm also a big fan of just the Caesar salad, which is, you know, cheese, lettuce, and some dressing. So you don't even need all that fancy stuff to make a good taste in salad. Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, you add all of that stuff, and then any <laughs> nutritional value you have to that salad is now diminished a hundredfold, and there's no point in eating a salad. Mm. I'm very middle ground with this argument in particular because there is a lot more to salads than carrots, cucumber, and tomato um, for Tyler to Tygo's argument. But also, yeah, a Caesar salad is basically the farthest like excuse for a salad 
but it is a salad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, other than salad, Tyler, what do you think is like the best way to consume tomatoes for you that isn't just eating them like as is? No, like popping a cherry tomato in your mouth. I would say the best way. I personally am a big fan of sauces. Mm-hmm. I think marinara is one of the the fact that we were able as a species to come together and exist long enough to invent marinara sauce is insane. It's crazy. It's like the best stuff. <laughs> it goes on everything. Without it, we would not have Italian just period. It just wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. That's a step, that last comment. But yes, it is a very good staple of Italian food. No, but really, think about it. Name one Italian food that doesn't use marinara sauce that is... Okay, there you go. Um, (laughs) Sorry. It just shot down my plane really well. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm trying to shut down both of your arguments here, so I'm trying to be a little bit even. Mm -hmm. But, um... Because unfortunately, I do lean more toward the liking tomato side, but I also don't like raw tomatoes either. So I'm trying to like equally shit like shot down arguments. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Have you guys ever stuffed tomatoes? I have never tried one, but I have. My dad has done it. Stuffing a tomato is like it's so good. It basically. The tomato is not a perfect vegetable. It's a lovely vegetable. But when you stuff a tomato, the good thing about it is that you take any of the lesser aspects of the tomato there, which are still, in my opinion, like a 7 out of 10 aspect, but you basically remove that and it's all bangers. It's all 10. You get some sausage in there, maybe some rice, some cheese. You take out like the weird little green thing that's at the top of the tomato. <laughs> perfect. Does it hold up? I feel like I feel like tomatoes would like melt away when you bake something in it like they actually like hold their shape they do huh. it's surprising they tomatoes are exceptionally soft they're mm. very soft especially in comparison to apples which i feel like in some cases can be confused with tomatoes because they're so similar looking but they do hold up particularly well it's because the outside is so fibrous like the skin, the skin itself is actually incredibly oh, yeah. elastic and tough. Okay. It does sound like in that that dish you described, though, the star of the show isn't really the tomato. It's just kind of a vessel to hold the other things. Now, see, here's where I will disagree, mainly because the tomato in this recipe, the way that it works, essentially is that you're not only using the tomato as a bowl, but it is a flavor fuser and enhancer because the juices from that tomato, that beautiful juicy juice that is locked with skin and inner parts Mm -hmm. is making its way into every other ingredient. It's basically like a no-work sauce almost. And in that way, it not only like, it makes the ingredients more uniform together, it like combines the palate a little bit of each so that it's more palatable while going down while also like adding a nice flair of acidity to it. Okay. I like that description. I do. I can see how having a unifying 
flavor like that would contribute to the dish. But if we take a step back and just think about the raw tomato, I feel like it has that same sort of quality to it in anything that it's in. Like you put it on a sandwich. I'm not tasting Mm -hmm. the rest of the sandwich. I'm tasting the tomato. So I don't always want it to overpower everything else that's next to it. But it's going to all the time. But what if what if this is a, a what if this is a skill issue? Let's take it to there. Um, because the I I have found in my experience the only time you ever overpower a sandwich with tomato is when you are not cutting the tomato thin enough and it is out of balance with the rest of the sandwich. And I feel like any ingredient is like that, really. Like if you put too much cheese, if you got that if you got that sharp cheddar and you put that on the sandwich and there's like that in bulk. Everything else is going to be diminished in the presence of that cheddar mountain that you have just put in between two pieces of bread. Yeah. Mm. That I is have, a valid point. I have yet to order a sandwich from somewhere. Like, obviously, like, taking out the fact that I could make it. Like, I've ordered a sandwich. I've yet to order one that has, like, actual thin-sliced tomatoes. I yeah, think that's, like, that's a I decent never... point, but I have never seen that in the wild. Yes, I never willingly put tomatoes on my own sandwich, so all of my experiences have been from takeout sandwiches, and it's just, it's either so thin that it's become juice, essentially, and I threw that on there, or it's so thick that it's overwhelming. I see. Could I could I get some uh, examples of bad situations in which the tomato has not been the appropriate size? Well, Every... name some, drop some places. Okay, every BLT and club that I have ordered from a pizza place locally, so like Primo mm-hmm. Pizza, Drake at House of Pizza, um, and there was one other, I can't remember it right now. I think it was Brick House. If it wasn't Brick House, it was Family. But there's my argument to what I said. <laughs> now, here's where I'm going to put in. You're ordering these sandwiches at a pizzeria. It's not a Subaritito. It is a pizzeria place. <laughs> Their specialty is pizza. You can't expect them to know how to make a pizza and a sandwich. That's a lot of things. Humans are not designed to be multitaskers. That's two things. <laughs> Honestly, you should be lucky that they even serve french fries there. That's like three things. That's crazy. <laughs> Humans aren't designed to be multitaskers? They are absolutely not. <laughs> okay. My grandfather, great man. Once told me I was I was in I was a child of, of maybe five playing with my toys. I was trying to do two at the same time. I was trying to play with the Chuck and the Ninja Turtle, Donatello, my favorite one. Very <laughs> important. Um and he looked at me and he's like, Boy, listen up. You're never gonna get anywhere if you keep trying to multitask. And I looked at him, I'm like, dang grandpa, you know what? You're right. You're speaking facts. I need to figure this out. And they pulled me to the side and we shared we shared a nice slice of tomato sandwich. Delicious. Tomatoes just tomato? Uh, yes. Sure does sound like a fake food and a fake story. Not to doubt your grandfather, but I mean, did you even know what the word multitask meant when you were a small child? With your ninja turtle? Yes. Have a great time. And then you Patello got it to me. He's the smart turtle. I don't know what I expected from this, but that's not what I expected, yet I'm also not at all surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
thank you for that uh the trip down memory lane. Not a problem. Uh, I just you. felt like it was relevant information as fair to what enough. we were doing. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Shin, I have another talking point question for you that might help you. Yeah. Um, is there a dish you can think of besides a salad? Because I think we've already covered salad for the most part. Mm-hmm. That like is exceptionally better to you without the tomato, but it traditionally comes with a tomato. Mm-hmm. Let me allow me to take you down memory lane. For a second here. <laughs> okay. Back, back to my college days mm-hmm. in the dining hall. We would have something called Chicken Wrap Thursday. And were they good? You know, debatable. But we just all collectively as a school got so excited at the prospect of Chicken Wrap Thursday. It was an event. People would rearrange their schedules to make sure that they could get their hands on a chicken wrap. You would wait chicken for a long Thursday. time. <laughs> yeah, take it It was a huge thing for absolutely no reason at all. But anyway, mm-hmm. they had a few different options that you could put in there, and they'd go down the line, sort of subway style, ask you what you wanted. There was the chicken, of course, lettuce, nutrition, cheese, <laughs> flavor, and then little itty bitty diced chopped raw tomatoes. And any time that anyone ordered that in their sandwich, it was a heaping wad of it. And that's all you tasted. It was so messy, got everywhere, and people would always complain, like, I have too much tomato and not enough of the other stuff, and I never ordered it with it. And I gotta say, always a better experience. Okay. Interesting. I see. Could you have ordered light tomato? Possibly. But again, you know, they're going fast. The whole school is in that line, so... That's true. You got to cut them some slack. You might say, like, they're going fast. Mm-hmm. Counter-argument to this. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, the fact that you, as a group of people, were excited for chicken wraps <laughs> is an indicator of that school's, <laughs> that school's food quality. Mm-hmm. As most universities are not particularly well-known having good food and you guys were chomping at the pit for chicken wraps that's fucked up that's a sad situation tyler coming in with that's the like, university character analysis I that mean... is for real though that's like george orwell would write about that shit <laughs> like they're all sad waiting in line chicken wraps what has the future become the world is ruled by pigs mm-hmm, exactly yeah Stellar Animal Farm reference. <laughs> you know, really, really cutting to the literary crowd there. It was good. <laughs> I appreciate. I had to read Animal Farm twice in my educational career. Ever tell you I read it twice by accident? You re- how did you read it twice by accident? <laughs> so I I read it uh, seven. No, I read it seventh grade, like this the summer after seventh grade to use for eighth grade um, English or. I was in like the honors class, whatever that was the book. And then before junior year, it was like we had to read. Like that was the theme of books was like. I'm trying to think of what that theme was called. It's been a long time. Um, but like something like dystopian related or like a challenge of power or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I read it I'm like, oh, cool. Animal Farm. That's a tiny book that fits perfectly with the theme. Perfect. 
And then I read it, and then as soon as I finished reading it, I went to write the report, and it was on the do not read list. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, well, damn, I have to go read another book now, and it's already, like, mid-August. Why was it on the do not read list? I think because it was one of those books that was, like, pretty much already guaranteed to have been assigned to some class at that point, which is exactly what I was doing, was I was rereading. So they took off, like... The do not read list was like commonly assigned books for other classes previously so that you wouldn't reuse, which is exactly what I tried to do. Gotcha. So it wasn't like it was a banned book. It was. No, it's right. It, many times they wanted you to have something new. Exactly. Like To Kill a Mockingbird was on it too, just because it had been assigned freshman year. Like it wasn't, it was not like a censorship type thing. It was just like because other classes had assigned it. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. From a student standpoint, it's disappointing, but from a teacher's standpoint, I could see why they do that. Yeah. I don't even remember what book I read after that. I was kind of mad. The book that, I think the book that was, like, there were two books. You could choose a book, and then you had, like, a required everyone in the class had to read. The required book, I read it, understood not a single word. And I love English, but <laughs> I did not get or, like, like register any of that book i don't remember what it is like literally i couldn't tell you anything about it i was so like just like skimming over the pages because i couldn't i couldn't stomach any of it however mm -hmm. i can stomach tomatoes <laughs> i see fair enough um what was i gonna say one of the things just a side tangent um because you brought up lettuce as nutritional value i yeah. just like to put this out here um let us actually do not offer really any traditional nutritional value. It lettuce is basically just a filler vegetable. It does it does nothing other than take up space and it's high in water. Those are like the only two good things about it. It does add a good crisp to sandwiches though. It can be crispy. Mm, if you get a crispy one. Exact no, exactly. Sometimes it's wilted. Oh yeah. Have you ever licked a wilted lettuce? Have you? Have what? <laughs> I, uh, don't get me started. I, it's what just it's the it? worst. I had to. It was the only thing there. It was. I was. I was at, I was at a salad bar. It was oh, my so grandfather's you didn't just birthday. like run your tongue along it. You just ate it. I just ate it, but it, oh. it came in the form of a lick. Okay. I got distracted. I was trying to multitask. I was trying to talk and eat lettuce at the same time. Came back at your own me. grandfather's birthday. At his he own birthday. He would be so disappointed in you. He'd be so disappointed. He was. He looked across the table, <laughs> cried. A tear, a single tear ran down his face. Ah. Oh my god. Um, do, speaking of those salad bars, mm -hmm. I will say, to, to a little bit towards Shannon's credit, I know we're getting right back to salad, but like, man, salad bars never have like good tomato. I will say again, I don't think that's a flaw with the tomato. I think that's a flaw uh, with the man, with the system. The salad bar is designed to stay out a really long time. Yeah. And one of the things about tomatoes is that uh, oxygen really fucks with tomatoes. Mm. But you know, every Superman has a kryptonite, and I'm willing to forgive the tomato for that. That's very... That is... Not entirely the fault of the tomato, especially in the U.S. They've been 
you know, bread over time more for sturdiness rather than for flavor. So I think in part of my dislike of tomatoes, I mean, I've tried fresh ones and I still don't really like them. But a lot of times the tomatoes that I'm getting are the com- the commercially sold ones. And those look really nice because they are made to look nice and red and juicy. And then the flavor just doesn't doesn't match the appearance. So that's certainly not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So we both agree that the system, the man is really fucking over the tomato. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that we can, find, we can find common ground in that. We can find common ground in that. For sure. But regardless, even though it does have systemic issues tied in with it. Hmm. Just in and of itself. It's not great. If either of you could change something about a tomato to either make you like it or to make you like it more, what would you change about the tomato? I would say I'll go first. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I'm waiting for scientists to do is um so the tomato grows out it has a structure of veins in the middle part that essentially move the water and the nutrients that the tomato gets from the base and roots of the plant into the fruit and eventually science is going to find a way to make those really really small (laughs) and that tomato with that small, small veiny goodness is going to be the best tomato of all time. It's going to be like eating a cherry tomato, but the tomato is like the size of a tomato. Okay. The tomato is the size of a tomato. Oh, the okay. tomato will be the size of... Yeah. Like a regular tomato. A tomato. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, Chan understands. It's a very tomato-looking tomato you got there. Yeah, on the inside, though. On the inside, not just a tomato. Tomato of the future. Tomato wow. 3000, we'll call it. Three th- were there 2,999 Oh, you bet there were. <laughs> you, don't, wow. you don't get tomato 3000 just by, like, stumbling into it someday. There's trial and error in that tomato. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, well, back to your question, Caitlin, what I would change. I mean, ideally, I would just change it so it's like a grape or an apple, just a different thing entirely. But um, (laughs) if we do want to keep it as a tomato, um, I did some research and I found out that most foods have different compounds in it that make it taste like what it is, right? Yeah. So the problem that tomatoes have is that they have something over like 400 volatile compounds and scientists aren't exactly sure which ones make up the flavor, the essence of a tomato. So there's some theories that people with different genes or different, you know, genetically predisposed taste buds will pick out certain compounds in a tomato and not like those ones or be hypersensitive to those ones. So interesting. I think some scientists have already started to try to do this and it would be great if they could keep doing it. 
but they want to sort of pinpoint which compounds make up a quote-unquote good-tasting tomato and continue to do some food science and grow tomatoes that just have those compounds in it. So it's less complex, it's less controversial for different taste buds, and then (laughs) it's just having the things that taste good in it. I think that if we're talking some scientific breakthroughs here, I think in addition to the smaller veins, just getting the compounds in that you already know are going to taste good would just be the the cherry on top, the cherry tomato on top. Okay. So Tyler's looking for a more consistent texture throughout the tomato, and Mm -hmm. Shan's looking for a more consistent flavor across all tomato. Yeah. Okay. I like both those answers. They definitely, like, capitalize what a lot of people don't love about tomatoes. I am definitely, I'm a scooper. When I cut tomatoes, I scoop out the watery, seedy part in the middle, which is perfectly fine to eat. And if I'm making a sauce or something else, I do not bother. But if I'm using, like, just the tomato, I scoop out the middle. I assume a lot of people do, too. Yeah, Um, yeah, the flesh is really what what you come in there Mm -hmm. for. Yeah, I would love to cut a tomato and, like, it be almost solid of, like, the, the good stuff and this little tiny little watery part in the middle. But, yeah, I definitely know what you mean, too, by, like, the different flavors of tomato. Like, some of them are much more bitter than others. Some are more acidic. And some are very sweet. And I tend to like the sweet ones. But you don't know what the sweet ones are until you've eaten it. Exactly. The outside reveals nothing, and I don't trust it. Yeah. Um, I have been researching while you guys have been talking as well, and I would like to share something delightful that I have found. Oh, please do. The way that tomatoes are named make me so happy. So there was a type of tomato called the beefsteak tomato, as mentioned before, which is already an amazing name, right? There are varieties of the beefsteak tomato, and I'm going to list them for you because it's worth everyone knowing. Beef Master, Big uh-huh. Beef, Brandywine, Bucking Bronco, Cherokee Purple, Marmond, Mortgage Lifter, and Pink Beefsteak. Now, how could you not like something? <laughs> what is in your salad there? Oh, you know, the Mortgage Lifter. It's <laughs> also going to point out the Mortgage Lifter. Did some farmer have a mortgage and this singular tomato got him out of it? Like, how... Did it get that name? Um, oh, there's a hyperlink. Let me look at this. Hyperlinks the mortgage lifter. I am going to quote Wikipedia for this one. So credit Wikipedia. Mortgage lifter is the name given to a cultivar of tomato developed by William Esther of Barbersville, West Virginia in 1922. He registered the name 10 years later before Radiator Charlie and his Radiator Charlie's mortgage lifter. So we named it after this guy named Radiator Charlie. Um, All right, cool. And according to some sources, it wasn't made by him. It was developed by Radiator Charlie, another farmer. Interesting. Huh. Oh, it's got a mild, sweet flavor and can weigh as much as two pounds. Holy crap. Yeah, that's a big tomato. That's a big tomato. You'd think it would be the big beefy. Yeah, that was. <laughs> well, how big is the big beefy then? <laughs> Hold on. Really 
big beef tomato. Oh, I spelled it wrong. Is that not on Wikipedia? There's one called, there's a sandwich called a big and tasty that has tomato on it. Of course it does. Um, I do not have. You know why? Why? Because it has tomato on it. Ah, yes. That's why it's big and tasty. <laughs> um. Okay, I do not currently have more information on the big beefy, unfortunately. But if I find some later on, I will let you know. Amazing. All right. Um, but yeah, just wanted to share that real quick. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't have another like question at the top of mind. But do either of you have questions for each other to challenge each other's stance here? Yeah, I'm just curious. I get that you love tomatoes. Have had lots of good experiences with them. A lot of fond memories with your grandfather. But I am curious if you have ever run into a situation, a singular instance, where you did not enjoy a tomato in something. I will say there has been one instance. I remember I was out. I was out and about with my grandfather. And we went out and we went to a restaurant, you know, focusing in on that, getting getting some good food, talking, conversating. And uh, he got a salad. And I remember distinctly this salad basically just had a fourth of a tomato in it. Mm. And it's like, you gotta if you're gonna put it in the salad, you gotta chop it up in smaller bits there. Again, improper use of a very valuable tool. Oh, this is one giant slice of tomato? It's a quarter of a tomato. It's not a slice. You couldn't categorize it as a slice. Uh, I would like so they they like wedge saladed a tomato? Essentially, yes. Does any also does anyone think- here like a do you find a wedge salad to be a valid option to serve at a restaurant? Because I don't. No. A wedge salad? Yeah, it's the laziest thing I've ever heard of, and it's like considered fancy in some places. It's a head of lettuce cut into a quarter. You take a quarter of the head of lettuce. It's not shredded, not chopped. It's like a a quarter of the head as it stands with ranch or like Caesar dressing dripped over the top and served on a plate. Okay. Why how do people in high society get away with doing less work and then presenting it and being like, yes, this is fancy? They can't the keep the getting away goes, with this, right? Yeah. No, right? they can though. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. They can and they will. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, oh what a horrible way to encounter a tomato. The tomato yeah. is raw. It's meant to be eaten okay. in one bite or chopped. Yeah. And then that's so terrible in a salad situation, too, because you get one bite that has just an aggressive amount of tomato, and then the next bite doesn't have any in it. Mm. Unless you do the work of chopping it yourself. It's no fun. Yeah. I guess it's a perfect uh, option for Shannon, since she can take out all of the tomato in one shot. Yeah, it's yeah, all collected into a single location. The chef That's couldn't hard. decide if he wanted to give you tomato, so he made it easy to undo his mistake. 
the waitress was like, I, it was just really busy. I don't know if they asked for no tomatoes or if they said extra tomatoes. You just gotta, you gotta work with me here. And he's like, make this simple. He's like, oh, let me show you what I can do. Oh, I have got you. <laughs> we just cut it in quarters and put it on top. They'll figure it out. <laughs> Stupid Americans, they eat this shit. Was it in like a nice restaurant? Is that where you were at? Like when you got this Absolutely tomato? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. All right. Because I can see a wedge salad served with a wedge of tomato next to it, and they called it extra fancy. See, we gave you tomato. <laughs> the wedge time. on a wedge. Yeah. Just stacking wedges. Like, can you imagine if they did that with anything else? Like, if they just serve you a quarter of a watermelon. <laughs> okay. Why does lettuce get this treatment? Why is it okay? Because. Okay, one example that I think that would actually rock. If if you're giving me like a quarter of a pizza, like a slice of pizza, and there's another slice of pizza on top of that slice of pizza of a different flavor, but it's like a smaller slice of pizza on top of the original slice of pizza, I would be down. In relation to a, like a wedge salad? Yeah. You would eat a leaning tower of pizza worth of pizza? I would. I'd do it. Oh, in a I see what you mean. And you know what's wild about that? <laughs> it can be both. It can both contain and have tomato on top of it, and it would be good either way. It just had tomato on top. I get the sauce, but you would add an extra tomato on top of that. I've done it. It's insane. It's goaded. <laughs> it adds an it, an entire new freshness to it because the the tomato sauce itself has been reduced. There isn't as much water in that tomato. You feel me? But you, you re-add the slice of tomato on top of that, and then it's like, mm, I'm getting notes of wetness here. Delicious. Yeah, that's what I want. Notes of wetness. <laughs> Sounds really appealing. <laughs> no, it is. Have, have both of you two like made a tomato or marinara sauce? Or at least, like, help someone make it or know of someone that made it. Yeah. Help make it before, for sure. Do you put sugar in it? Yes. Now you see... A little bit. Apparently that's a polarizing that. question. I I don't do it. Okay. I we, we double up on salt because the salt will bring out the natural sweetness of the tomatoes. Yeah, but then it's salty, isn't it? No, 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 no. Not if you do it right. Okay. You gotta okay. know when and how to add the salt. Okay. I I am a sugar person as well to cut the acid. I think the tomatoes are sweet enough on their own. It's the acidity that I cut it with with the sugar. Yeah, I don't think I remember enough of our tomato sauce making process. To know exactly, but I, I seem to remember there also being some sugar in there. Yeah, I think it's it's very much like a. some people think it's like absolutely blasphemous to do it. And some people like have always done it and they didn't even realize it was a problem. Mm -hmm. But if you have a workaround to it that like doesn't require sugar, then like that totally makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, the only tomato sauce I know how to make is uh, Noah's mom's recipe. Who... Her parents were born in Italy. Like they, they have a tra very traditional way of making it too. I don't know if they put sugar in it, but she does, 
and with that recipe I do as well. Not a lot though, like a tablespoon. Like I'm not saying we like dump it. Right. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow we're actually making some. We're making pasta and mozzarella sticks. Ooh, that's exciting. I know, that sounds so good. There was this joke I saw recently. Noah sent it to me, I think. It was like, hey, would you like a plate of like 16 cheese sticks? Um, ew, no. What if I deep fried them? Call that an appetizer. <laughs> I mean, it's different. It's different. You also have bread. <laughs> There's breading around it. Well, yeah, but it's still 16 cheese sticks. It's the same with tortilla chips, too. It's like, do you want five tortillas? No. Do you want a handful <laughs> of tortilla chips? Absolutely. Are you, have we seen the same TikTok? Perhaps. I think we might be referencing <laughs> Then he's like, oh, we have a spicy mayo for you. Oh, I don't really like mayo. Oh, would you like a chipotle aioli? Oh, perfect. Same thing. Yeah. But. Uh, I wish I could give credit where it's due, but it's, if anyone else is on TikTok and they understand these references, you know the guy. Yeah, we're a little bit off topic anyway. But yeah, I don't, I don't mind a little sugar in it, but I understand there's very traditional ways to make it. Um. I ask you both then, what is your favorite way to enjoy marinara sauce? Are you like liking it on pasta? Do you like to dip things in it like a like a mozzarella stick or a similar? Um what what's your what's your way to do it? Pizza sauce, you know, it's all very similar but changed in different ways. I like okay. <laughs> so here is the main way that I think it's like baller. Garlic. Lots of garlic. You do that, bada boom. Delicious. Right. But what what, what do you eat it on? The, the garlic? You put it on the garlic? Yeah. You just dip garlic in tomato sauce and eat it? Yeah. No, you don't. R- roast garlic. Yeah. R- <laughs> it lowers it lowers the intensity of the garlic. You just take the bulbs, you put them you put them on skewers, delicious. And you just dip them like fondue in tomato sauce? Yeah. What? What? Have you guys not heard of this? No, No. I'm hesitant to believe you because you're very good at bullshitting me. But if it is real, I'm in. It sounds like... No, it's... Hold on. It's so good. You do it, you have like different varieties of options of like stuff you can dip them in. Like oil, like olive oil, like garlic butter sauce. Oh my breath is god, he's right. That sounds but like, it's like so good. what they invented, where they would tell everyone to eat garlic and tomato sauce to test if people were vampires. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's like the witch hunt of the garlic mm-hmm. tomato world, I guess. What is <laughs> this Halloween? <laughs> coming to you. I see much beauty. more of like roasted garlic in a tomato sauce, like, to be eaten within the sauce, but I I see what you mean by dipping roasted garlic. I see that. I did not know that mm-hmm. was a thing. Yeah. That's a high concentration of garlic. I love garlic, but I don't like just eating a bulb of garlic dipped in things, even if it is roasted. No, but it's... Okay, here's the thing about garlic. The flavor can sometimes be powerful. However, the health benefits are insane. That's true. Garlic is like one of the most nutritious things on the planet. Did you hear the the vampire conspiracy? No. With garlic? No. 
Garlic is an anticoagulant, which means it's a blood thinner. So the conspiracy that someone came up with, like as a joke, is like, mm-hmm. oh, vampires tell people that garlic keeps them away because if they eat a lot of garlic, they have nice, smooth, sippy blood. So they're easier to drink from. Wow. That's actually genius. I would like my blood to be sippy. <laughs> I don't like that that adjective that I used, but I said it. That's some reverse psychology stuff right there. That's pretty great. <laughs> I can't. Oh, actually, story. wait, I have such a good segue. I learned also in my research that some people taste blood when they bite into a tomato. What? Yeah, apparently, so a man named Harold McGee, wonderful name, uh, he wrote a book called On Food and Cooking, The Science and Lore of the Kitchen. Um, in that book, he said that ripe tomatoes have an unusually large amount of savory glutamic acid and aro- sorry, and aromatic sulfur compounds. So these two things are more common in meat than in fruits and vegetables. So when some people smell them, they associate it with meat. Mm-hmm. And that, that combo is also, according to this author, why tomatoes smell so bad when they rot. It smells like rotting meat more so than a vegetable. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. That was wild. I personally don't taste blood when I bite into a tomato, but I'm very curious if anyone has. Mm-hmm. I have not. I, I have said maybe it tasted a little bit irony, which would make sense because like blood and meat are very irony tasting, or at least like that's what the flavor is usually attributed to. So I guess maybe, but I've never been like, mm, bloody. <laughs> Do you have the cilantro thing? It reminds me of the cilantro thing. Do you know what I mean by that? The the oh, cilantro soap think it thing. Tastes like soap. Yeah. I don't have that, but I I know some people that do. Yeah, I'm also familiar with it. I I know I've tested it before. I don't think I have it. It's been so long, though, since I've had just cilantro in my mouth. But when it's in other things, I don't pick it out as a bad taste. Yeah. I would like to take this moment. The TikTok credit, I found it, uh, is Aaron Alterman. All is one word, two A's. Um, he's the one we're referencing. He has a lot of TikToks like this. But I just wanted to make sure I put that in there because I did find it. Awesome. But Thanks for looking that up. Look, I, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it until I find him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't have the cilantro thing. I have a thing with celery, but like I'm changing the topic away from tomatoes once again. But it's, uh, I am curious, though. What do you have with celery? It's similar to what you were saying about tomatoes at the beginning where, like, especially in a soup, um, but, like, things that have celery in it, I only taste the celery. I don't care how cooked down it is. If I take a bite of the best soup and there's celery in it, as soon as I swallow, the only thing stuck in my mouth is the taste of celery. And I don't like the taste of celery. Really? Yeah. Like, I could pick that out of, like, the most decadent soup. Be like, there's celery in this. And in a way, it helps the flavor of soup. It also adds, like, a crunch. Like, I see why people add it. If I add it to soup, it's very little, and it's cut very small. But Some people add it to tomato soups, too. They put, like, a butt ton of carrots and celery into their tomato soup because you end up blending it at the end anyway. So it's, like, a much higher fiber content. Um, 
and it's sweeter because the carrots provide like a natural sweetness. I don't know why they add celery if you're going to blend it. Celery is really only a texture thing. It's just like crunchy water. Um, But I'd rather just have more tomato in my tomato soup, to be honest. Shanna, do you like tomato soup? I'm not a huge fan of it. Mostly okay. because tomato soups don't typically have a lot of other solid things in them. And I'm the type of person when I have soup, I want to have guts in it. I, I can't think of a better way to phrase <laughs> You that. like the varying textures. <laughs> yeah. You like the innards. The guts. I, yes. I do love that how how inconsistent that is with your dislike of the texture of tomatoes. Which is differing guts. Yeah, it's different guts. Well, these are more solid guts. Yeah. I would argue, like, if you have a piece of chicken, or even a piece of cooked carrot, it still has a little bite to it. Mm-hmm. Tomato I, just gets up on you. Yeah, I love consistent, homogenous soup. Like, honestly, as disgusting as this is going to sound, I could probably take any soup and just blend it smooth and enjoy it even more. <laughs> like chicken noodle soup but like gravy but make it a smoothie yeah <laughs> smoothie Sm- soups smoo- uh, can we make a pun out of soup and smoothie I don't think we can Tyler a soupy <laughs> a so- <laughs> perfect a soupy I gotta try it my mom made beef stew today and I know stew in some ways is not soup but it's in the soup family she made a beef mm-hmm. stew I don't really like beef stew um, mostly because it's very chunky, but also like the flavors, just, I don't like them. But if I blended it all and enjoyed all the flavors very evenly in one bite, would I like it more? Is she going to be mad at me if I hit one of the containers of the, of the stew with my immersion blender? I don't know. Oh, she would, she would be so, that's so cursed. Just saying it, even though I think I would like it sounds cursed. It seems like a project you would try on your own, and then if it turns out to be amazing, then you would go share that discovery with other people? If I try that, you will hear from me in the coming weeks if I liked it or not. Absolutely. Maybe I'll post it on Simmer's Instagram. Um, Simmer is at Simmer Cookbook. I'm plugging myself. There it is. It's also in the description on YouTube. Would anyone like to wrap up with closing statements about... Their opinions on tomato, anything they've learned today, because we are we are reaching the end of our hour. I see, I see. Um, I will start. I like tomatoes. They're good. Shannon? <laughs> Clear and concise, I, do not I like, like it. tomatoes. They are not good. Thank you. I see we have reached very little common ground on this day. And that's okay. I mean, I've definitely, I've learned quite a few fun facts along the way. And I will concede that smaller and in things, I can tolerate a a raw tomato. But it's just, I really feel like it's time to shine is when it's cooked. And made into a sauce, made into a soup. And I will just continue to live my life not having raw tomatoes on my sandwiches. Not ordering it willingly. And um, yeah, I think that's where we stand. Okay. Well, this has been a fun debate. Um, I I have learned a lot, especially about the different types of beefsteak tomatoes. 
Uh, thank you both for joining me and for preparing very exciting opening statements and debates. Amazing. <laughs>